Okay, good morning. Today is Kishavuot Tov. Today's daf is daf Lamed Tes. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, Etel Bas Harav Yisrael Meir, Yeter Bas Harav Yosef Alevi, and Zev Yaakov Ben Dov Noita. May the Neshamas have an Aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. It is also for a full shleima of Rivka Bas Malka and Chaya Masha Rivka Bas Zelda. May they have a... Malka Bas Rivka, sorry, and Chaya Masha Rivka Bas Zelda. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, I think let's go from the fifth last line of Lamed Chesam with base 38b. It's discussing all the, 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 the last bit and going on. We're discussing the mitzvah of Nesir's Kapayim, Duchanin, what we call uh, Duchanin and how the Kohanim uh, bless the people. It's in Halacha, it's referred to as Nesir's Kapayim, um, lifting of the hands. As in yesterday's Daf you saw, the Gemara says that they have to lift it at least shoulder height, if not uh, the Kohen Godel above his head. Um, yeah. um, I'm not sure. It seem, I, I, yeah, I didn't look into it, but I assume by the fact that it says the coin God will lift it above his head, everyone else mustn't. I'm saying even let's say it's a. Uh, Day when they're not wearing tefillin, do they put there? Yeah, so so that was a question whether he is allowed to lift his hands above his head because of the tzitz. Is that? Yeah, there are interesting enough. There are aspects where we say that the tefillin, if you say the halacha by the tzitz, how much more so by the tefillin because the tzitz only has Hashem's name once, and the tefillin has it uh, multiple times. I'm not sure, but interesting uh, for you, Yoitz, if the coin's standing like this. You know, I'm not going to say I've ever spied, but you do sometimes notice kind of uh, very, uh, or low, like their arms uh, below, the, their hands hanging below their shoulder when they're outstretched. And in reality, it should be stretched. It should be above, above uh, at shoulder, shoulder height, yeah. So are, do you, are you yotze or not? I'm, I'm not sure. So let's, this is a point that was mentioned. Yeah, we just discussed uh, what happens if you have a minyanim of uh, kohanim. And uh, also the important interesting it says uh, if you have a minyanim of kohanim they can all say the bracha and then we said unless there's going to be ten left behind but we said it's not essential who's there if there's if they're all going to be say the bracha then who's the bracha for and we mentioned that it covers the people who are outside working they can't get to shul and they're outside working um, so now the gemara says good for tana. Taught that the people behind the Kohanim are not included in the Brocha. So that's, uh, that's an important halacha to realize. And that you notice people are sensitive to nowadays, those who sit all the way in the front and are going to be a little bit ahead of the platform where the Kohanim are doing this. Kohanim, they step back into the front. It's obvious that if they're tall people standing in front of shore people, they're not considered a hefzeg. And teva, lo and the teva, the aron, also doesn't act as an imposition. I'd seen in their shul, sometimes they would have the aron kodesh a bit further front, so you could have the kohanim who are on the platform at the front of the shul, behind the aron. That also doesn't act as a hefzeg. Mechitza mai, what's the halacha regarding the mechitza? Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi taught even an iron mechitza does not 
act as a hefsek between Yisrael and their father in heaven. Um, so that would be that there's no problem. So if your shul, either, I guess, women in the ladies section, they don't have to worry, they're included in the brocha. Or uh, what about uh, some shuls? I mean, here in this shul, there are these pillars, or some shuls have, you know, like things coming out of the wall or a bookshelf or something. You could, seem from this, fairly straightforward, you could stand behind that. Someone who say, I saw Gavin, I was just wondering, has he gone to the other room? Okay. Um, so, uh, if, uh, so, so that's a machitza. Someone who say that might only be a machitza that you can still see the, like, your face can be in line with the kahanin, so it would have to be a shoulder heart machitza, or you're a bit raised, or they're a bit raised, but I don't, like, I mean, I, have, I didn't get it, I wanted to look into some of the halachas again, but uh, I didn't get to look into it in detail, but as far as I remember, it's not a problem. The bro- Hashem can see you, the kohanim are giving you the bracha, the bracha is not hindered by physical uh, partitions. Oh, yeah. So Rashi said, what's the reason that you have to stand in front of them? And then again, we saw that there's no... Um, let me just see where Rashi is. I thought I underlined it. Okay. And there's no... Also, there, it works for the people in the field. They don't have to come in front of the Kohanim. They can be working wherever in the field and they're covered by the Kohanim. So it seems that the Kohanim are... Um, that it's... Rashi said the reason is because if you... It shows no care for the bracha. It does say in the pasuk face to face, you'll get blessed, something along those lines, or you'll be blessed face to face. And if you lackadaisical in shul, to say, look, I don't really care about the bracha, I don't want to be in front of the kohen's face, that's when the bracha doesn't have such a good effect on you. But to, so, so when you're in shul, to just move a few steps so that you can be, well, see, you don't even have to be directly in front of them, but just to be uh, not uh, behind them, that's like shows, uh, what's it, uh, dismissive of the bracha, and that's when it doesn't work. You could then debate, what about someone who just doesn't feel like coming to shul? They're not at work. seems if you're at work, you have a good excuse to not be at shul. Maybe it's only if the shul's far, you can go into those deals, but it seems if you're busy, then you don't have to. Um, maybe we'll look at Tosfos in a bit. But what about, yeah, if you just don't feel like going to shul, is that a good enough? Will the brocha work? Because again, you've got that thing, well, you're not in shul, so maybe the brocha should cover you. But on the other hand, maybe you're showing a disregard for the, for the bracha by not going to shul. Um, so, so that's the... But the mechitze in its essence doesn't work. I might as well look at Tosis now. It's Tosis, the last Tosis on the page. Mechitze mai. So it says, This question is... You could say that this question is clearly where there is not, where they're not oines. Remember, those in the field are oines. That's why they're covered by the broch, even though they're behind or not in shul. But if someone's oines and they can't move in front of the kohanim, oh, sorry, and they can't move behind the mechitza, sorry, this is the mechitza, not the where you're standing, um, it should work. So like, I guess... Women are oines. They're behind the mechitza and they can't come to the other side of the mechitza. So, uh, is that what we... Um, so, obviously, they should be yoitze. They're no less than a, fa- than a farmer who's already at work behind the shul. They're oines. They can't do anything about it. So, the, when the question is, does a mechitza act as a partition between the brocha reaching its recipients, must be... Where you could easily step around the mechitza. 
Again, because if you can't step around the Mechitzel, then why are you any less than someone in the field? So it must be someone who could step around the Mechitzel, like one of these pillars. Instead of standing behind the pillar, just move to in front of, to step out from behind the pillar. So that's where he wants to say, that's where the question must be. Um... Oh, so it wasn't Rashi. It was Tosa. It says, "Av im taimar ilo anisi amar difem amsha achurei akarnon b'loa hefsek mechitza." If you want to say that it's where they are not being forced, then why are they any better than the people shachurei hakohanim b'han b'kohanim b'loa hefsek mechitza who don't have a mechitza? So now Tosa is trying. He's trying to work out like. Categorize it. Okay, so someone who can't get from behind the mechitza, we can equate to someone outside in the field. But someone who can get from the, behind the mechitza, why is that any better or worse than someone who's standing behind the kohen? Why don't we say he must step out to be in front of the kohen? So he says, Yesh lomar am she'achure ha'kohanim marin ba'atom ki'ilu e'na brocha chashuva b'neihem. The people who are behind the kohanim, they're showing, again, that they don't care about the bracha, this disdain for the bracha, such as Tosos, not Rashi, I forgot. Speak to them face to face. And now you have these people standing behind the back of the Kahanim. The Pasuk, it doesn't seem to be a intrinsic, an essential halacha, as we saw people in the field are covered, even if they're behind. But the Pasuk speaks about the bracha being given face to face. So you're going to show disregard and not care about that. That's when the bracha is not going to work. But if you're in front of the kohanim, you're meeting that criteria. And as we said, there's no concept of a partition between B'nai Israel and Hashem. So that would be fine. Um, okay, a few other points again, but let's carry on. What about to the sides? Now the sides, we actually, we can, again, this you can ask in degrees. There's directly in front of the kohanim. And he's in, and let's say he sways, like we know how the Kohanim uh, and they sway a bit. So there's who covers the sways. What about furtherwards to the side? I uh, tight angles. So that's, um, says Omama Barabashi. We're going to try work out whether the sides is concluded, is sorry, included in the front. And we're going to bring that, uh, Abba Ma Baravashi is going to bring that from a mission which discusses the sprinkling of the Poraduma water. Now remember, people in Kalim who become Tomemais to be purified have to have the water sprinkled on them. Now the coin has to do it with Kavona. So you're basically going to say, let's say he has a whole lot of Kalim that he has to do. It's just the easiest to visualize, but it could be people as well. Has a whole lot of Kalim he has to do. He's going to like do it in piles or sections. He's going to go and sprinkle water on them in sections. So he says, Tosh, um, so, If his intent is to sprinkle on the stuff, on the Kalim that in front of him, but the water splash and when he picks it up to shake it, sprinkles behind, or the other way around. It's possible, it's invalid. If it's, if his intent is to sprinkle forwards, and it's on the sides which are in front of him, his sprinkling is valid. I, so, so his intent is, oh, he's got all these kalim to do. His intent is, let me start with the ones that are in front of me. So which ones are included in front of him? So it seems like it's all the ones all the way up to his sides. And we would say the same thing. We say thing with the Birkaz Kohanim. There's a little bit of a question. What about directly to the sides? Because it uses the language of Stadav Shebafonov, the sides which are in front of him. So what about directly to the sides? Because again, as soon as you one degree, 
one step, one little bit past the coin, then it's definitely the sides in front of him. But what about directly to the sides? But I think we say that is valid as well. Omar Abba, Omar Avunak. Yeah. Yeah. So now you want to say you can maybe even get away with being a little bit behind him. Yeah. No, yeah, I haven't seen that. You can do that, but I hear the the suggestion. Once the Sefer Torah is open, you're not allowed to speak, discuss even halacha. Never mind uh, what you're doing for lunch and what uh, who won the soccer or whatever. You're not even allowed to discuss Torah. Shneimar says, "Who so, when they opened it, the people stood. And standing can often mean silence. As it says, I waited because no one was speaking. They were standing and they weren't testifying further. So, we see here, Omdu means they were standing silently. So, so to hear when it says, when the Torah, when, they, when I opened, this is Ezra, when I opened the Torah to read, the people stood, I, they were silent. Um, Rabbi, I'll come back to that soon, but Rabbi Zeyra, Omar Rav Chizda, Rabbi Zeyra, say name of Rav Chizda, may hacha, the source is as follows, for Oznei Kolaam El Sefer HaTorah, and the ears of the people will be to the Sefer Torah, And um, yeah, so and so his source is that the ears when the when the Sefer Torah is opened, the people's ears. It's that same context in Ezra when they were reading from the Sefer Torah have to be towards the Sefer Torah, not uh, not listening to anything else. Um, so it comes along. Yeah, just interesting. I noticed this word. Um, uk, is it in the pasuk that we first brought? Is it ukepischo or vepischo? It seems to be a bit of a discussion which one it should be—a beis or a chof, or vepischo or ke. But again, that's the halacha that you're not allowed to read when the Torah is open. Rashi seems to say that it's from when they start reading, even though it says from when the Torah is opened. But others bring that as soon as you open the Torah, even if the Balkorah hasn't started reading, you're not allowed to speak about anything else. There's another discussion. What about between aliyas? Because a little bit mashma here from the moment you started to to open it or the moment you started to read until the end of laning maybe, but uh, they lenient to learn Torah between aliyas. <laughs> they didn't Torah. Torah, yeah, and then uh, um, there's another point. Oh, well, just also interesting. This pasuk, there's a discussion whether you have to stand for Kriya Torah. There's an ideal that we use. That's Kriyasatarashi, when you listen to the laning, you, it should be like you're standing at Har Sinai listening to Hashem tell Moshe the Torah. That's almost, I, I get the impression from a few sources that that's almost like the ideal uh, frame of mind, the, the ideal internal process you should be going through and listening to the Kriyasatarah on Shabbos. Um, and then uh, the. Uh, but do you have to, so from that aspect, there would be a mala to stand. But we, Pask and the Halachas, you don't have to stand. Um, so people get away with a half stand or whatever, yeah. Some, some of them, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, people aren't so careful to stand. But again, for Kriya Satora, there's a machlokas whether you have to stand or not. And therefore, the. the uh, um, but some are noig. 
Lechumra, like those opinions that you should stand, they might be to stand, but I heard in the name of Rav Shechter, interestingly, he says, so it's a Chumra to stand, so you should be careful, like let's say the Rav of the Shul's not standing, and you're going to stand, well then that's like, then you're, then that's like disrespectful to the Rav, so which Chumra are you going to follow, standing or, or, or Kovara Rav or whatever, so always you've got to weigh up, when you want to do something beyond the basic requirement, you've got to weigh it up, um, but yeah, there are people who are particular to stand, but that, we pass in that you aren't, don't have to. Any coin who has not washed his hand should not do birkas. Raise your sanctified hands and bless Hashem. The word kiddush, we find kiddush in context of sanctifying your hands by washing them. Like the kohanim, before they would go into the, the avoidic, they, they would do kiddush at the time, they would wash their hands from the kior, etc. So, so, so too here. Um, interesting, Tosfos discuss here. Do you have to have washed your hands? Is it fine if you did netilas yadayim? At Shachris, and then you went, and now you're going to Duchan, or do you have to do it specifically before? So I'll just read from Tosos because he brings the discussion, he includes Rashis. Page Rashi Omali Rebi in Notal Yod of Shachris, we need Taher Kohen Einotzarich Little Yod of Keshela Olele Duchan. Someone, I'm not sure exactly who he's quoting, but someone quoted that Rashi explained, or my Rebbe said that Rashi explained. That's, I'm not sure exactly who's being quoted in the stage here, but basically they're saying in Rashi's name that as long as he didn't, until I said, again, and obviously he's been careful that his hands haven't touched anything that he would have to redo, he can go straight ahead and do it. But he says, he says he thinks this is a note inserted by some students because that doesn't, if you read Rashi's words on the page, that doesn't say what he says. Why? Because Rashi says he's a Kohen who did not wash his hands before he goes up to Duchen. Implying he has to wash his hands immediately before he goes up to Duchen, not in the morning. So he says, Mashma Mamesh Samoch implies it is specifically um, before. And then he brings another. So, so that's his first proof. First, Toys responds to say that Rashi holds, you've got to do it right before. And then he brings a few proofs. I'll just do the first one. He says, For Oda Maisi Gomorrah, the Gomorrah brings the Posuk. It says you bring the posuk, you sanctify your hands, and then you bless him, implying that straight away. So he seems to say that it has to be done immediately. He brings a few other halachas where we find a similar language of it has to be done immediately. For example, Natila said time for a su'udi, if I remember correctly, was one of them. Um, but that is um, that's Tosus' view that it has to be done. And he says it's Rashi's view as well that you have to do Nitilesitam right before Birkas Khanim. How long is Somuch? How long is right before? So he goes through a few Gomorrahs and he calculates that it's approximately the time to walk 22 steps. So I don't think that. I imagine that's not always practical. You have a whole, lot of, a whole row of Kohanim. First person is going to have to wait much longer than the second. But I think the, the idea is to do it as quick as you can just before the Kohanim is going to go up to Duchen. Um, however, the Rambam says that as long as you did Natilasitaim Shachris, you don't have to do Natilasitaim again. Again, one of Tosos's issues with that is that why are we only discussing Kohanim? It should say before you dive in or do Natilasitaim or anything, wash your hands. But the fact, you know, that was another one of his proofs that I thought was quite uh, astute. Just speak about, say, 
if it's highlighting that a Kohen has to do Netilas Yatayim before he does Nasir's Kapayim, if you're discussing where he still has to do Netilas Yatayim because he hasn't done it that morning, well, then it's a whole different discussion. Say he must do Netilas Yatayim before he says Kriyashma and Amida and, uh, you know, so that's another proof of Toysis's. Shualu Tamidei Es Rebi. Um, the Talmidim asked Rebbe Lazar ben Shemua, what did you do to merit life? This is a, it's an excerpt from a Gemara in Megillah where they ask a few sages, what did you do to, um, to merit long life? Important to hear my grandfather, when I, he's got a shir for Rosh Hashanah on how we've got to like try to tap into what brings brocha into our lives. And we've got to just, you see that they didn't hide from brocha. They didn't say, ah, we don't discuss brocha, it's... Uh, what sort of Ein Hora I'm not discussing? He says, Oh, yes, I've got Brach in my life. What? And he, tr- and he works out. And obviously, we can trust his, uh, what's it, his reflection and his uh, introspection and his Cheshbon Anefesh that he was able to s- judge based on how he acted what triggered what brought Brach and what Chas Vashalom the opposite. So they could ask him, What brought long life? And note, none of it's to do with uh, his diet or how often he exercises or anything like that. He says, I never treated a shul as a shortcut. I, to avoid going around, I crossed from one entrance to the next. I never stood on the heads of the holy of the holy nation. What do you mean, stood on the heads of the holy nation? Obviously, you're not allowed to stand on people's heads. So he says, no, they used to sit on the floor in the... Yeshivas, they used to sit on the floor, so anyone who would be walking through the people would look like they were walking on people's heads, look like they were standing on them. Now, a Talmud Chochom, or the person who's needed to go give the drosh or something like that, technically he is allowed to um, walk to his place, but Rabbi Loza ben Shamur was very particular to, uh, to only, to, to never do it. So Rashi points out, he either made sure to get to Shul early, to get to the base measures early so that there was no one uh, sitting yet, or to, uh, if he would arrive late, to sit outside, not get to his uh, seat at the front of the Shul. So that's, uh, that's uh, this halacha. Again, I, I imagine it's to do with the respect for Bnei Israel. The loyal Saisi Kafi Kapai Belo Brocha, and I never did Nasir's Kapai without a Brocha. Is this exactly the same as in Megillah? I don't know. I don't remember the Gemara Megillah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember the Gemara. Yeah. I seem to remember the Gemara. I seem to remember the Gemara. I seem to remember the Gemara. I seem not on, Bir, not on the Netil Asyadayim. We know the bracha on the Netil Asyadayim. What's the bracha on Birkas Kohanim? It says, Omer Rebbe Zaira, Omer Rav Chizda, Asheh Kishan, Vishoshel, Shel Aaron, Vitzivano, Levarech, Es Amo Yisrael, Ba'havo. He says, the mitzvah is who commanded us, who sanctified us with the sanctity of Avra, with Aaron and commanded us to bless B'nai Yisrael, Ba'havo with love. So there are two questions here. One is, why does the bracha who commanded us to bless B'nai Israel with love? The mitzvah is to bless B'nai Israel. Why add into the bracha? Remember, the bro- whatever words are in the bracha tell us some of the key nature of the bracha. So we see from here, and this the, the commentaries bring, um, that the kohen has to love the people he's blessing, and the people receiving the bracha have to love the kohen. It's essential to the nature of the bracha that there's this love. And you can argue, if you have a kohen, I guess he has feribles with everyone in the shul, Maybe he shouldn't be saying Birkas Kohanim. 
Oh, is he not? He's actually not allowed to. Yeah. So that's I don't I don't remember the halacha in detail, but that's that would make sense from this uh, principle. A second interesting question is, what do you mean they don't know the bracha that you say on Birkas Kahanim? Um, so yeah, so, so so someone who bring I saw this in, a note in the back of the Gemara that in their time it wasn't a common practice to say a bracha. And he says, because we find, granted, we generally say brachas on every mitzvah. If the mitzvah is a bracha, we don't necessarily say a bracha. So what sort of mitzvah is a bracha? Because Amazon. You don't say, Sheikh Rishanu b'mitzvah v'tzivanu l'voreich acha, you know, to, to say b'rikas Amazon. Um, we don't say, um, I'm trying to think, we do say a bracha on halal. That's, I guess, because we're saying that Tehillim has the praise. But we don't, there's a mitzvah to bless Hashem with praises, and we don't say a bracha on saying those praises. Uh, to, go, uh, to go back one step, we know there are different types of brachas. There's birchas hanenin, that's brachas you some benefit you get, like on eating food or smelling spices. There's birchas hamitzvahs, brachas you sound doing mitzvahs. So this would be who commanded us to do birchas kohanim, al-natilasetayim, um, any time you say a bracha before you do a mitzvah, that's a birchas mitzvah, and then there's birchas shvach blessing of praise and thanks to Hashem. So those, that's also a mitzvah, but you don't say a bracha on it. It's in, there seems to be uh, many scenarios where you don't say a bracha where the mitzvah is a bracha. Um, can I ask? Yeah. So that's, uh, that I thought was quite interesting. It obviously, at that time, it wasn't common that they said a bracha on doing the bracha, and that's why he wanted to know what's the bracha. It says, kare mai omar. When they would uproot their, uproot their feet, when the kohanim would start walking up, what would they say? So you hear, it's on milfonecha Hashem, elokeinu shetei bracha zu shesivosonu, may it be all Hashem, that this bracha that you commanded us, lebarech hazamcha Yisrael, to bless your nation Yisrael, lo yehei bo mishol v'avon, it should not have any, cause any stumbling or sin. L'chi mahadar ape mitzibura, and when they turn, after Bukhaz Kohanim, when they turn away from the tzibur, so they turn to face the Aaron, my Omar, what do they say? So adbari rav chizdil rav ukva, v'dorash, rav chizd, rav chizd, led Rav Ukva to say the following drasha. I'll explain that strange term soon, but Rav Chizda led Rav Ukva to expound Riboyno Shel Olam, or to uh, publicize, Riboyno Shel Olam, Osinu Masha Gozarto Aleinu We have fulfilled your decree Oso Imanu, Masha Hiftachtonu, fulfill with us your promise Yishkifa Mimo'ayn Kotshecho Minashomayim, look down from your heavenly abode, and the apostle continues of Oreches Amcho Yisrael, Be'es Adama Shen Osatolonu, the land, etc which is flowing with milk and honey so f- fulfill that and then he says, Ein Ein Hakohanim Rishoim. Yeah, so we'll come back to that. Just interesting, this phrase I saw the Maharaj Chayas at the back of the Gemara. Interesting, he spends quite a bit of time explaining. Um, he's a commentary, but to like explain the nature of the Gemara and like the style and uh, you know why why it's structured in certain ways. Um, almost not not necessarily always explain the. Halachas in the story he does, but but often to just explain the Gemara how it's working. So here he explains. He says very interesting. So at those times they had what was called the Reish Galusa, the head exilarch. I think that's how they translate it often, exilarch. But the Reish Galusa, and he was primarily the political head of the Jewish community in Babel. For large stages, the Jews almost had autonomy. They were the king of. Obviously, they were subject to the king of Babel. Or the, the Babylonian rulers, 
but they were given autonomy to run their communities. And he was the... the well, I think... Oh, is it? But it was also different. But it was also, at some stages, they intervened and stuff. But yeah, in general, so... even ruled the whole Jewish world. The Babel, sure. So that's... Uh, so, so, that, so they had... The, but they were like largely a political appointment to interact between the Jews and the king. Some of them were Tamilei Chachamim, and some of them were regular people. But here we have Rav Ukfa who realized he was the Reish Galusa, but he realized he wasn't the greatest Talmud Chacham. So he used to always consult with the Talmud Chacham like Rav Chizda. So that's what Rav Chizda is saying. Look, Rav, Rav Ukfa, you're going to give the drosha. You're going to, um, people take what you say seriously because you're the Reish Galusa. This is what you should uh, teach them when, they, when the question, when you get the halachic question, when people approach and want to know what the Kalim should say after the Vilkas Kahanim, this is what they should say. So that's, how, that's the strange language of Rav Chizda led Rav Ukfa to expound. Because Rav Ukva was the Reish Galusa who was inquiring or learning with Rav Chizda what it should be because he was aware that he wasn't the God of Ador. Um, carrying on, Omar Rav Chizda, Eina Kohanim Rishom Lokov Kisha, it's Bosov, Ajiyuk The Kohanim do not fold over their fingers. I remember their hands are spread out straight. They don't fold them, I mean, if they want to, they don't have to, until they've turned away from the community. To face the Aaron, Omer Rabbi Zayir, Omer Rabbi Chizda, Ein Hakoyre Rishai Likros Kohanim Ad Sheyechale Omen Mitzia Mitihatzibur. The Shliatzibur, the one who's calling them, is not allowed to call the Kohanim until the community have finished Omein. Remember, they say Omein after the Brocha of Modim. So he can't start saying Kohanim until then. The Kohanim don't start their Brocha until the Koira has said, finish saying Kohanim. The community don't answer Omein until the Kohanim have finished the Brocha. And now the Kohanim don't, the Kohanim don't start the next part of Birchas Kohanim until the community has finished saying Omein to the previous Brocha. The Kohanim are not allowed to turn their faces from the community until the 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 Shliatzibur has started saying Sim Shalom. Um, just before we go carry on, um, Rashi explains what's the reason that it's emphasizing. You have to wait for the previous people, whether it was the Shliat Sibur or the nation of the Kohanim, to finish what they're saying before you go on. Rashi says it's because two voices can't be heard, and therefore you wait for a person to finish what they're saying before you start or main, and you wait before you start the next bracha, you wait for people to start saying, to finish saying or main. That is a general principle. Yeah. So that's, I'm quite surprised that it's emphasizing it so detailed and specifically here. Maybe you'd say Kohanim is not a real, uh, saying the Kohanim, the, you know, the word Kohanim to call up the Kohanim is maybe it's not an essential part, you know, but that's an interesting question. And they're not allowed to go back to their places until the community, until the Shliatzibur has finished. Sim Shalom. So Baruch Hashem, Shalom, and then they go back. Um, so yeah. So that's the that basically is the 
overview of Birchas Kohanim. And Rashi here, let's let's go through it quickly. It's Rashi on the third thin line. He basically goes through the uh, the step-by-step process of Birchas Kohanim. Our halacha is fairly similar, so I'm not going to focus on that. But he says, um, it's actually, the fourth line says, Yesh Lilmum, you can't say it in the Kisiyas Kapayim Kachu. We can see from here the order of the Kisiyas Kapayim. Toss is actually on the previous page, discuss it, but we'll just go through Rashi. It says, Oikei Raglov Ba'avoida, Mimkomo, During Avoida, that's Ritzay, the Broch of Ritzay in the Amida, he uproots his feet and he Start, and he walks towards the, and he goes towards the Teva, towards the Ark, to the platform where they're going to do it. And that's where he says, then he says, the Brocha of Yehirot's son. Remember that my Brocha should be for the good and not cause any stumbling, etc. And he lengthens it. He says it slowly so that at the same time that the community are saying Omein on Modim, they saying Omein on this. And then the community say Omein, and they finish their Yehirat Zod. If there are two Kohanim, the Shliat Sibur says Kohanim, but if there's only one, he doesn't call them. As we said, um, le'echot ein koren kohanim, as Abai said on the previous daf. Ukeshekala dibor mipiakore, and when the word, when the tzibur finishes the word kohanim, then mavorech asher kirishanu. That's when the kohanim start their actual bracha on birkas kohanim. Va'achakach matchilim be'bracha, and then they start the bracha. Uh, the actual birkas kohanim yavorecha chashem v'yishmerecha. That's where there's actually a bit of a discussion. Should the Shliya Tzibur say Yavarechacha, how we do it, and then they say Yavarechacha, or do they start Yavarechacha and repeat the other words, or do they say the whole thing by themselves? Alminag is that the Shliya Tzibur says Yavarechacha, and then they say Yavarechacha, um, but that's, you know, that's a point here to discuss. Uchushakale omein achron mi pit Tzibur, hein machzirim penayim v'koifim kishreimim roitzim. When the last domain is finished by the community, Then they turn their face back to the Aaron and they can fold up their fingers if they want. Relax their hands. And then the Shliat Sibur starts Sim Shalom. And that's when the Kohanim start their, their plea to Hashem after they've said the Brocha. And they say it slowly so that they finish it at the same time as the Tzibur finishes his bracha. That's Hamavrechus Hamishrom Shalom. And then when the community have said Omein, then they can uproot their feet, and then they can walk back to their places. Um, why do they have to wait for the community? Why do they have to wait for Sim Shalom to walk back to their place? Maybe the one reason is so that they say the Sim Shalom. I think another reason is because you don't want to interrupt. If, if they start walking back, everyone's going to start talking to them and saying, Yeshakach and thank you. So you don't want that. So they wait till the end of the Amidah to start walking back. 
said in the name of Rav Chizda. Oh, this is going back on Kriya Satora. And I remember in those days, how did they used to do Kriya Satora? The person who was called out to say the brachas would do the actual laying. And after each pasuk, they would read the targum, they would explain it so that everyone, they would say it, they would translate it so everyone understood what was going on. So for Omar Bizarre, Omar Abhizda Ainat Sibur Shom Lanos, Omen Ache Khale Brocha Mipiha Koira. The community is not allowed to say Omain until the reader finishes the Brocha. So this is that same principle. And the person starting to lane doesn't start laning until the Omain, the people have finished Omain. That's actually the way we do it. That's why you hear the Balkor often goes Omain, like a bit longer. Omain. Firstly, so that everyone's finished Omain by the time he's going to start laning. And it's also a bit of an announcement. I'm going to start. The person saying the translations of the Psukim is not allowed to say it until the person, the reader, finished the Pasuk. And then he's not allowed to begin the next Pasuk until the Metargamim has finished the translation. Um, that, so, so, yeah, so that ends that piece. Again, you've got to be careful to wait for the people to say what they need to say before you continue on to the next uh, point. I always wonder how they managed. I mean, people complain how long laning is nowadays, and in those days they used to have someone translating every single pasuk. I'm always, uh, always surprised how they managed that. Someone who's being called up for the for the what we would call the haftorah to lay in the novi, he must say part of the Torah first. That's why you know he gets what we call maftir and haftorah, because you want because we don't want to say, oh look, all the aliyahs are equal, and this person got haftorah. The haftorah is not equal to the other aliyahs from the aspect of its neviim as opposed to actual Torah's Moshe. The person saying um, the Haftorah is not allowed to start it until the Sefer Torah has been rolled up. The discussion whether you just have to or wrapped up. Do you have to just roll it up? And then he can start, or do you still have to put the covers over before he starts? And it might depend on the reason. Um, some say the reason is because we want the person who's busy, um, everyone's going to be watching the glila and concentrating on it and not on the Aftara. So then it would make sense to wait till it's completely wrapped up. Even the cloths are put over. Others say the reason is you don't want to get people get too caught up with listening to the Aftara and they're going to leave the Sefer Torah. So as soon as you've got one person and he's basically rolled it up, then he's definitely going to finish, so it wouldn't be a problem from that stage. If I remember correctly, we're lenient to allow as soon as it's been rolled up properly. But maybe, maybe check with Robert Taylor first. For Omer Bitanku, Omer Bishop, Ben Levi, Angelia Tibur, Shaila Hafshit, Eshat Teva, but Sibur, Bimnei Kovarat Sibur. The Shlia Tibur is not allowed to um, deal with the wrappings of the Teva in the community because of Kovarat Sibur. Interesting, here um, Rashi explains, this Teva, we're not speaking about the Aaron Kodesh, we're talking about the Bima. And basically what used to happen in those days, and this will help us understand the next point, is 
the Sefer Torah is kept in a home where it was safe. And then it was brought to Shul when they needed to lane from it. So they would bring it to Shul, they would put all special cloths over the bimah, and then at the end of davening, or after laning, they would take it back to the house where it's safe and fold up all the cloths and the things that they adorned the bimah with. So that's what he says, the shliach tzibur shouldn't keep everyone waiting by wrapping up all the cloths and stuff, and then they're going to wait for him to take the Sefer Torah home before they can go on, go home. So he mustn't. He must take the Sefer Torah home, come back, and then fold up and uh, fix up the bimah. That's the Kovrat Sibu. For Omar Bitan Khomar Bishub and Levi Aina Tibur Shom Lot says Ad Shenit Shenital Saifa Torah. The community is not allowed to leave until the Saifa Torah has been taken. Right, so you, you have to wait for the person who's taking it back to its where it's kept for safety, the home is kept for safety until he's left the shul. Ushmul Omar Ad Shiyatza. Shmuel says, No, you don't have to wait for um you, you have to wait not just until it's been picked up to be taken home, until it's actually left the shul. It depends whether there's another there's another entrance or not. So once the Sefer Torah has been picked up, so after laning, I think you have to check exactly the order. I think the order in, in those days, or at least maybe this is how Shulchan Aruch does it, is they hold the Sefer Torah until like after Uvalatzion, and then they take it back, which makes more sense if they're going to be waiting to take the Sefer Torah to another house. But whatever, so at whatever point in davening exactly they would take the Sefer Torah to its to where it's kept, you're not allowed to leave before the Sefer Torah. You have to wait for it to leave first. But that's where there's one door. Where there's a second door, as soon as the Sefer Torah has been picked up to take to take it home, then you can leave through the other door. Um, interestingly enough, so this this way it comes in, you shouldn't even though they've finished uh, laning and the person sitting there holding the Sefer Torah after Gilam, after Maftir and Torah, you still shouldn't just leave, because, especially if there's one door, because you have to wait for the Sefer Torah to be put back, or which we're saying is the equivalent of having taken it out of the shul. It says, Omar Rabba, Omar Rava, Barahina, Isperili. Rava said that Barahina explained to him the source for this. is says, Hashem you should walk after Hashem your God. We generally translate that pasuk as follow in the ways of Hashem, I keep the Torah, etc. But here, we're saying it's literally when they're carrying the Torah, you must walk after it. You shouldn't go through the doorway before the Sefer Torah, before it's been taken out. Then it says, now we're going back to because when the Kohanim are blessing the nation, what are they saying? So he says, Omar, Rebbe Zayra, Omar, Baruchu, Hashem, Maloch of Gibur Echaim, blessed is Hashem, whose messengers are mighty, Borcha, etc. Borcha Hashem, Koltzvav, Mishosh of Oyser, blessed Hashem and all his hosts who do his will, Borcha Hashem, Kol Ma'asob, Bokom Makomos, Memshalto, blessed is Hashem and all his creations in all the places of his rule. Borcha Inafshet, Hashem, Ma'asob, bless Hashem. So just as Hashem is giving us a Borcha, it sounds to me like you kind of attribute in Borcha to the Kohanim. Who are blessing you? And, and Hashem. On Musaf or Shabbos, what would they say? Rashi says Musaf on Shabbos is a special occasion. You don't get to say Musaf just every day. So since it's a new special occasion, must be there's a new take on the brachas that the people would say when they say uh, when while the Kohanim are doing Birkas Kohanim. So Amar Biyosi, what is it? Shira Malos in Eborhu Es 
for es Hashem kol avde Hashem. May all the servants of Hashem bless Hashem. So uye deichim kodshu, raise your sanctified hands, so baruch es Hashem, bless Hashem. Baruch Hashem metzion shalachan yushonam haluka, blessed is Hashem from Zion who, um, who dwells in Yerushalayim. Oh, v'leim anami yavorecho Hashem metzion, why don't we say, may Hashem be blessed. Hashem should bless from Zion. I, if you look at the first two Psukim, it's all Tehillim, Kuflamid, Dalet, Pasuk, Aleph, Beis. So now the Gemara is answering, just say Gimel. Why skip to the following chapter of Tehillim? Just say Aleph, Beis, and Gimel of Kuflamid, Dalet. Why say Aleph, Beis, of Kuflamid, Dalet? And, and then another Pasuk in Kuflamid, Heisi, he says, Oma Rebbe Yehuda Breder of the Rebbe Shumim Ben Pazim, Itoi Shehizchil Babirchos Shel HaKadosh Bochu, Masayim Babirchos of Shel HaKadosh Bochu. Once we've started with the brachas of Hashem, we're going to conclude with the brachas of Hashem. The Minchoso de Tanisa Ma'omri, at the Mincha of a fast, what would they say? Again, another unique scenario. So we've seen that the, when the Kohanim are blessing B'nai Israel, they should be saying some other tefillah. What should that be? So Omar Abacha Bar Yaakov, Im avoneinu onu bonum, if our sins testify against us, Hashem osei leman shemecho, please act for your sake, for your name's sake. Or mikvei and mikvei Yisrael moishianu ba'es tzaro, lamatiyeh keger ba'aretz, etc. Lamatiyeh keish nidom kegibor loyucha lahoshiah. Why should they be like a stunned person with no savior? I interested at the time of a fast, Rashi points out that the, the time of Mincha when they were daven is an opportune moment to turn to Hashem and it's a fast. You, they would have fast because of calamities that were coming upon the community. So that at Mincha on the fast day is an opportune moment to, ple- to plead with Hashem to save us even when Birchas Kohanim is taking place. You use that as an opportunity to daven to Hashem. And to plead Hashem for salvation. Let's just do one, the last one quickly. What would they say on the ill of Yom Kippur? So, Oma Mazutra, Vomri Loba Manisa. Mazutra, some say it's actually from a said, and some say it's actually from a Brisa. So he should be blessed, the one who fears God. And Shalom al Yisrael. The children should be children, and there should be peace on Israel. All these brachas allude to remember Yom Kippur is the culmination of our, from Rosh Hashanah of our, I mean, obviously asking for forgiveness, but hopefully we've received forgiveness, and now remember what's the point is for a good year. So all these all these brachas have to do with uh, uh, davening to Hashem that we should have a good year, that our Yom Kippur should remember. The is right at the end, that our Yom Kippur let's say, has been successful and we will have a good year. Okay, we'll leave it for today.